This podcast is part of the Christian Geek Central Network at ChristianGeekCentral.com. Strangers and Aliens, episode 146, Canon. Welcome to the Strangers and Aliens podcast. Strangers. <laughs> to boldly say what needs to be said. Would you be a stranger or an alien? Or would you be a strange alien? Truth is out there. Welcome to Strangers and Aliens. I am Ben, Ben Avery, and I'm here with my friend and yours. And yours. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm everybody's friend. Everybody's friend. Steve McDonald. Those who know him love him. Those who do not know him wish they could know him so they could love him. Those who do not love him do not know him. And those who do not know do my love, love him, know him. Love, love my nose. I mean, those my who nose do not know love do not know Steve. I, so I don't know if that's true. Have we taken this far enough? I, I, I don't think it's canon. <laughs> yeah, so here's the conversation. Steve and I were talking about Star Wars and some of the new canon uh, restrictions and, and, and the change in star wars canon that has occurred and we thought this would make a good topic for us to talk about so here we are talking about it now so steve what's canon what's canon canon? would be the official accepted things that are included in a larger thing for instance uh there are 30 baseball teams that are part of the Major League Baseball canon. And there is baseball outside of that, but none of that would be Major League Baseball. Right, because canon literally means the measurement that something is held up to. And so you would have to be measured up against the requirements to become canon. So in your example, teams that did not do certain things would not be considered a major league baseball team. Right. In biblical terms, it means taking writings, ancient writings, uh, and when they were doing all these meetings and coming up with all these lists of what should be in the Bible and what shouldn't be, they were choosing to hold it up against the standard of measurement that is it true, is it life-changing, is it um, does it claim to be written by someone who it would be written by instead of you know like the book of Enoch, which was claimed to be written by Enoch and obviously wasn't? Well, that means it can't right. be part of canon. And so, right. scripturally speaking, that's that's the canon. We have the New Testament and the Old Testament in the Protestant Bible. The Catholic Bible opens up the canon to the apocrypha, and even then, they they consider it apocryphal. And so it's kind of a secondary canon maybe. But um, yeah, and so that's the scriptural canon. But then you have the fictional canon. You have the – the um, oh, I don't know. Yeah, How would you describe that maybe? 
it's it's more of a, a fluid cannon. I mean, to to sort of put it back into the terms of of baseball, you know, the Washington Senators used to be part of the Major League Baseball canon. Now they're not. You know, so with that, it's it's fluid. It, if it, you used to be able to have that in part of the whole thing, but now it's not. And but the but in, in the Bible, canon. in the Bible, you you know you have those sixty six books, and and you know as far as Protestant uh, you know theology goes, that's it. It's always been that, and it never will be anything more. Right, and so, they would say the and this is one big difference as we're talking about canon. Um, we, as believers in the Bible, being this, the, the word of God, we would say it's not that things were put into the Bible because they met the standards of canon. Right. It was that they met the standards of canon because they belong in the Bible. Yeah, they were always part of the right. Bible. They, and They were intended. Through, that was God's intended purpose right. for these writings was to be collected and saved and used as right. part of his communication with us about how the universe works and how right. spiritual life works. And yes. so, yeah. And so that is divine, a big distinction. Through is, divine revelation. Right. Yes. We, we get that canon. And so uh, that's, and that's a big distinction to make here when, when we're talking about fictional uh, canon, we're talking about, you know, the star Wars canon, the star Trek canon, the, um, you know, Marvel things. canon, the Marvel cinematic universe canon, the right. Marvel ultimate universe canon. Very different kind of thing there, as mm-hmm. you know, with this uh, divine revelation that brings the scriptures to us. Yeah, you know, so it's the same idea though. What's mm-hmm. real? What belongs? That's the question. Right. So and for many years in Star Wars, you had the the three movies and then the six movies that would be canon. But then you had this larger group of writings that were official, you know, the, the Star Wars comic books, and you had, you know, Splinter of a Mind's Eye back in, what, 1978 or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then following through with the, you know, the, the, the Thrawn trilogy, and then all the books based off of that, the Dark Horse series, the comic strips. You had all this stuff, and people would actually take all of them and, and, you know, infuse them into the actual canon and make it make sense because they said to themselves, these things are part of what we consider the larger, the larger canon. Obviously, fan fiction, no, um, things like that. Um, yeah, because then you're getting take... into fanon. <laughs> where yes. that's a real term. I mean, that's, that's yeah. you know, what, what is a one fan's uh, particular canon? And 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 so I think you and I would kind of look at things differently when it comes to different franchises, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but with yeah, with Star Wars, if it was on the screen, it was legit. It was canon. Same thing with Star Trek. Star Trek mm-hmm. had this kind of fluid canon and had this kind of uh, tiers of canon. Then, so if right. it was on screen and live action, as far as Gene Roddenberry was concerned, it was canon. Now, right. he didn't like Star Trek V, and so mm-hmm. I think he's actually been quoted as saying that part of Star Trek V might not be canon. But, right. um, and then there was the animated series Yeah, that um, if it is canon, that means that 
uh, when Captain Picard and his crew are flying around, they could come across giant robot Spock or giant yeah. clone Spock or whatever it was from that one episode of the animated <laughs> series. And so then you're getting into some, okay, some tricky spots here because you're saying, well, we want to leave out parts of canon because it wasn't as good, but it was still right. on the screen. And, but basically on screen trumped everything else. So you could write a novel that said one thing, but as soon as you do the movie about it, the movie is what takes away, you know, what takes precedence. And any books that come after that movie have to follow along in the rewritten canon. So the one, a couple big examples. I read the book Enterprise, and I really enjoyed that book. It was one of the one of they started doing giant sized novels, mm-hmm. and that book was about you know the first mission of the Enterprise. Right. Well, you know that that didn't happen on screen. Mm-hmm. And so they they could come back to that and on screen and and it would just wipe that out. Final Frontier is another book that detailed the the uh first meeting of Vulcans and humans. And it's yep. a pretty good book. I enjoyed reading it. I still yep. have it around here somewhere, but as soon as Star Trek First Contact came out, that book was wiped out and any books following would would need to follow the Final Frontier canon. And right. so the novels had to follow their own canon and the screen canon. And then the comic books were their own thing too, the, the DC comic books. And when I was reading those, I remember reading the letters pages where they were saying, well, actually, you know, we're kind of doing our thing here. We're following what happens on the screen. But, you know, our comic book universe is not the same as the novel universe. And so the comic Marvel books... comic book universe... Well, less said about that, the better. (laughs) But the uh, gold key, though, is classic, classic sci-fi comic stories. Yeah. Just happens to have, uh, you know, the the Star Trek uniforms and and ships that look almost right. But um, so back to the comics thing, the books had Enterprise, which was the first adventure of the, the crew. The comics did an annual that was about their first adventure as well. And so for me, it was kind of like, well, wait a minute, that's the same. And so for me early on, I was introduced to this idea and I was able to then compartmentalize. So with Star Wars, Star Wars books, I didn't care about them, didn't need to care about them because what was on screen is what mattered. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of people got upset when Disney announced they were basically saying the extended universe, the EU, is now legendary status. Right. Which means, from what I understand, is it's the kind of thing that could be true, mm-hmm. but might not be. Yeah. And they so, can use it if they want to. Mm-hmm. They can refer to it if they want to. But if they don't, it's just all legendary. Right. So it's it's the kind of thing where... These are elements of the characters that might or might not have a basis in truth, so to speak. And when I say truth, obviously we're talking about a fictional universe. But so, <laughs> what brought this up is the new Star Wars comic, mm-hmm. which um, I have read and have really enjoyed. I have read this story before because you know what the story is, Steve. Without spoiling it for you, what is it? It's what. What is the Rebel Alliance going to do now? that the Death Star has been destroyed 
in the Battle of Yavin. Oh, it's the Admiral Thrawn trilogy then. Well, no, that's the Battle of Endor. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay, then you have the Splinter of the Mind's Eye. That must be just a, a comic version of the Splinter of the Mind's Eye then. Or it could be another version that we've – I mean, <laughs> Marvel Comics did this in 1977 with uh, That's right. Star Wars yeah. issue number seven. That was issue number seven. Or it could be – it could be the Russ Manning comic strips. Yeah, it could yeah. be. It could be. See? Or it could be the Dark Horse comic book that came out in uh, 2012, 2013. They did one of those two. Yeah, they, they start. They were starting with again going back to our classic crew, our classic characters, and starting with what happens after the Death Star in you know in A New Hope. Right. So you've seen the story before. The difference is comic books and novels now that are coming out since Disney announced this are canon, even if they didn't happen on the screen. So this is actually what happened to Luke and Leia and Han. What did they do after that battle at Yavin? Well, they went and did this stuff in Star Wars issue number one from Marvel Comics 2015. So in a way, they're doing something nice for the fans by saying, we're taking away the extended universe, but what we're giving you is the real thing, the actual canon. Or... As some fans have said, they have wiped out <laughs> the extended universe completely and none of it matters. This is the thing that people say. None right. of it matters. And this is the right. thing that gets under my skin is when I hear people say, well, none of it matters now. None of it matters now. That's not true. I saw a video of a guy who has every single novel from Star Wars ever published. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ever. And he does this YouTube video um, – I can't remember. I don't even know who he was, but he's standing there and he goes, guess what? This doesn't matter. And he just takes his arm, pulls off the front row of the books on the shelf and then pulls off the back row of the books on the shelf and then goes down shelf by shelf by shelf and then stops. Oh, movie adaptations. He puts those on there and he's saying and he says, you know what you're saying? You're saying none of this matters. I have spent my I've wasted my time reading these and all I have left are these six novels that are novelizations of the movies. And yeah. to that I say wrong. Because those novels have things in them that aren't canon. <laughs> That's right. They have extra scenes that never appeared on the screen and they have yeah. ideas that were dropped in during filming. Yeah. Those novels aren't canon either. Nope. So a little bit of overreaction in my my opinion. A little bit. A little bit. <laughs> But yeah, but but how how what purpose do they have now? They're not canon. They're not even extended universe type stuff. They're legendary. What outside of just legendary stuff does it? Well, here's what, here's what it has. What weight does it have? Here's here's the weight that it has. Is it a good story? Is it a good story featuring characters you like? Now, yeah, it might not tie into the new movies that are coming out, and so you might not see Thrawn in the new trilogy starting with Episode Seven. Mm-hmm. Okay, but is the Thrawn trilogy a good story that you want to revisit again or have a fond memory about? The answer is probably no, because it was pretty terrible in my rem- my memory. But um, <laughs> no, it was pretty good. Actually, I I like I didn't like it. I, okay. I didn't like it, and. I, I don't hold it against anyone who did like it. I don't remember much about it. I just remember trying to read it and thinking, ah, 
I'm going to, I'm going to let this slide. And, and even though I love star Wars, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to read these right now. And then well, it wasn't cinematic, you know, it, it, it would be difficult to film it because there was a lot of, you know, slow moving stuff and concepts that you had to sort of grasp to, to take the next step. It wasn't, you know, the popcorn movie stuff that, that we're used to when we go to see star Wars, except for uh, phantom menace. But, um, you know, the thing is, it, it to me, it seems like if you had all these books, if you were that guy in that video, and all of a sudden your major, your history major, is now a mythology major. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good way to put it, though. <laughs> you know, uh, you, you, you had been studying all along for this thing because you want to know, you know, every single you know, cross T and dotted I of the entire universe. And all of a sudden you realize, Oh, this is an alternate universe that probably never even happened. Except for these one, are all one thing here, Steve. Yeah. It already is something that never really happened. <laughs> no. So what you're saying is, what? okay, so now you're taking your, your mythology major. You have majored in mythology and now you're being told that your mythology is actually a different mythology. Yes. So you're changing the name of the mythology. But that's where I look at, okay, I've got the Star Wars Marvel comic books omnibuses. I'm reading them issue by issue for my Comic Book Time Machine podcast. Mm-hmm. It's a slow-going thing, but I'm enjoying it. And I am looking forward to reading those Star Wars comics that, let's be honest, a lot of people would rather they didn't exist. <laughs> okay and they do things in the star wars comics that don't fit the actual historical canon mm-hmm. from the novels and that kind of thing right. now they they say that they happen and and they re, 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 they they look back at them but that green rabbit jackson yeah okay he's, he's awesome well, he's kind of a cool idea <laughs> and and when there wasn't any other star wars to know where they were going with any of this stuff yeah yeah well why not <laughs> a good a place as any right i mean what else are you gonna do you oh, know is it, uh, uh ob don quixote or something yeah, something like that yeah. <laughs> uh and and, <laughs> and yeah. that is kind of what got um you know roy thomas's relationship with lucasfilm when he was doing that they they weren't real happy with the stuff he was no. doing with that but the bottom line is is it enjoyable is it something that you can sit down and say, yeah, I like this? And can you talk with other people who like it? You know, it's not gone. It's not gone. It's just a part of a different mythology. It is. And also, you know, to to their their credit, the people who, who love this stuff, it also means that there will be nothing more added to the, you know, let's just call it the extended universe. Mm-hmm. For, for Well, because that's what that is now. Yeah, but there'll be nothing more added to it. There's nothing else that's going to happen that will be part of that extended universe. I can understand that being a yeah yeah. I can understand that, um, and and the, yeah, you're you're right there. The fact that yeah now I have if I want to read anything more, I'm I'm going to have to read something that's part of a different continuity. Yeah, and and I've been reading this continuity for so long. Yeah. So, and I've had that happen. I mean, it's it, with comic book series that have gone away that were part of you know a thing that I really enjoy. Let's yeah. say, and then it's gone. And what what do you, what do you have? You only have the past. 
Mm-hmm. You have nothing new to look forward to. Right. Yeah. Uh, and TV and shows, was- too. That, that that happens with TV shows where it was canceled right. with a cliffhanger. You know? and- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I remember watching a TV show from the 80s, and it was a three-part episode. They played the first two parts, and they canceled it. <laughs> what show like, was that? Oh, what, what, I think it was called TV 101. <laughs> I think it was something okay. like that. It was, it was about a, a, a you know television class in school and the kids that were doing the, the TV things and everything that surrounds it. And I had someone who was famous in it. It was like one of their first TV roles. It might have been like Joey from Friends or something like that. <laughs> but uh, other than that, it was like, unmemorable but i watched it you know i was just out of high school so it just it held that little cachet for me and then it was, was gone like, <laughs> it what and then it was gone and then it was gone you know it was seven episodes or something but you know the, in in a larger sense the the x-men series where i just was i used to eat it up and all of a sudden it started to do stuff that i didn't like what the tv show like, or the comic book the comic book and all of a sudden I started to realize, you know, hey, they're playing with, you know, with my canon here. They're they're taking it and, you know, all of a sudden there was a, a completely different version of this. And all of a sudden there's the, you know, the, the alternate universe version where – and they were doing the same thing where it was so difficult for me to get into DC Comics before Crisis on Infinite Earths because there were so many other things going on, so many different canons you had to be – you know, Earth One and Earth Two and Earth X and all the different things. Well, and that's the danger um, of canon: is the to be buried under continuity and to try and dig into something as a newbie, and you can't because canon has has grown so big mm-hmm. and it's impenetrable. Which is why I didn't read X Men comics in the nineties and beyond. In the nineties, yeah, but I mean, in the eighties when I was like, you know, really. It, and, and the uh, Marvel Handbook came out, and you had everything concrete. It, this is it. That's this is concrete everything. canon right there. I <laughs> <laughs> you know. And I read those things and memorized, you know, different characters and all these obscure things and everything. When I used to play Marvel role playing games, I had I had to make sure that a character's name wasn't already chosen by someone else. You know, if someone said, oh, you know, my character is a worm character, so I'm going to name him Nightcrawler, like the worms. I'm like, I oh, can't. There's a guy named Nightcrawler, you know. <laughs> so, it, and and I, w- I would go so far as to, you know, to, to, to want to know about that the characters that I was using in my game were not used in Marvel Comics or DC Comics or any other comic book company. So I had these, you know, huge lists of names that were – crazy random i mean they meant something the words meant something and i could use them and they'd never been used before but they weren't simple names anymore like the thing it was like you know obex you know (laughs) (laughs) things like that which meant something and it's actually a word you know and it wasn't used anywhere else but the thing is it, it at some point i needed to 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 rethink everything that was going on. And unfortunately, before I could do that in a, in a good, constructive way, they took the cannon out from under me. What, what do you mean they took the cannon out from under you? Well, they <laughs> stopped using it as it as the prime continuity. For, so, for X-Men? 
for X-Men, for the Marvel Universe. And then when the movies started coming out, it was just a completely different thing there as well. I was sort of warmed up to it because the the X-Men cartoon was slightly different. They were using the stories that they had done but putting the characters that existed at the time into it. Right. But when the movies came out, I was just like, nah, they're redoing stuff. Way crazy stuff. You know, I mean, these aren't the original X-Men. And see, that's where I was able to compartmentalize from from the beginning there because I knew my Star Wars stuff didn't always line up with what happened on the screen. And and then furthermore, with Star Trek, especially when I'm reading the Star Trek comics, the Star Trek books, and I'm watching the Star Trek TV show, I'm basically reading three or, or having three different continuities, you know, with especially case in point with Star Trek, again, uh, Star Trek II. The Enterprise is wounded and hurt, and Spock is dead, and so they uh, they they fly in, and, and what what are they going to do? You know, and and Star Trek Three, the Enterprise blows up. So the Star Trek comic book from starts off from there with Spock dead, the Enterprise blown up. So they put Savic Savic on the Excelsior with Captain Kirk in charge of the Excelsior. Now, in terms of between Star Trek Three and Star Trek Four, it's a few weeks that happen. Mm-hmm. But in the Star Trek comic book, it's like <laughs> a year. And they're going on missions and, and, and having battles and wars and stuff in the Excelsior. In the movies, they had the Klingon Bird of Prey at the end of Star Trek Three and at the beginning of Star Trek Four. So they had to figure out how do we get them onto that Bird of Prey again, get them back <laughs> to Vulcan with Spock being, you know, back, you know, going, reverting back. And so they actually had, they revealed right before they went into the Star Trek Three storyline, they revealed that they had that Klingon Bird of Prey in the in the shuttle bay of the Excelsior. <laughs> and so nice. they jump into that, they go back, and, and they're outlaws again. And so. It's it was fun for me to see them kind of do the the gymnastics, the storytelling gymnastics that they needed to right. do to keep the comic book lined up with what was on the screen. But then you know what's on the screen is one thing, that comic book thing kind of ebbs and flows and ties into what's on the screen, but you know, it, it's it's its own thing. So and and that's where I was able to like I said compartmentalize and and now with this new Star Wars stuff Again, I care about what's on the screen because it'll be fun and, and that's what they're going to follow and everything like that. This right. comic book, um, to me, it's secondary. Now, Daniel has said that there's a, a Star Wars Rebels novel. Daniel from Welcome Level 7 and, and the Comic Book mm-hmm. Time Machine with me. Um, there's a Star Wars Rebels novel that gives a lot of backstory to some of the characters in the new Star Wars Rebels TV series. Mm-hmm. And so that's canon. And right. my concern there is, okay, is this something that you have to read to enjoy the TV show? Mm-hmm. According, according to Daniel, you don't. Right. But that's where I, I would get a little bit more leery is if, okay, do I have to read the comic book to care about the movie? And I think no matter what, the thing here, – here's, here's the measure. Here's the measure, Steve. The things that make the most money are the most concrete <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yes, in canon, yes. and so as it trickles down, that's where. Yeah. So yeah, and I eventually had to realize that, and my wife was was pivotal in, in helping me with this. She said, "You know, just consider it just like a just another retelling of this same thing." 
And I said to myself, you know what these things are? They're myths. Yeah. They're Hercules who dies in one myth and then and then you know a couple of myths later he's still doing something else and he's not dead. You know, they're retelling. Or he's dying in a different way. Yeah, dying in a different way. Or or Superman, every single time he's retold there's something new added, something take, taken away and it's just a retelling of that myth. So Unlike the biblical canon, which never changes, the myths that we're listening to and reading about and watching on the screen and things like that, they're just another retelling of this myth. You know, I still listen to the uh, Superman old time radio show because that's one of the ways that Superman really touches me. You know, that that kid like feeling and it brings me back to that. The new Superman comic books, I don't think I've read one. You know, are they still good? Maybe. To someone, not me. I haven't read them yet, so well, <laughs> they and, might be the best ever. And there's a good but, point there. It, you, we, we mentioned there's nothing new coming out in your continuity if you are mm-hmm. you beholden to that that line of canon. There's something to that though. Of every new continuity, every new canon is building up from what came before, right? And so, yeah, this new Star Wars comic, we're going to see some familiar things there because. You can't deny that there were other stories before that, right. and you can't deny the influence there, especially if you've consumed it, as, as, as especially if the creators have consumed it, really. Right. And so every, every new iteration of Superman, you bring up Superman, yeah, when I saw Superman the movie, I saw that, and I was watching Super Friends on TV, and there was Superman comic books, mm-hmm. and there was a Super Friends comic book, and all these things were kind of just different variations and yeah hercules is a great example there mm-hmm. of of kind of the first the first uh real you know continuity breakers you know i, I can imagine <laughs> uh you know a storyteller sitting there and then he took the poisonous cloak and put it on his wife no that's not how it happened when the other storyteller came by <laughs> that's right wasn't it a lion skin i don't uh, know what you're talking about kid <laughs> it's not canon shut up <laughs> You've ruined my continuity. <laughs> it, it, it was a magician. <laughs> so yeah, okay. So what else? Let's let's wrap this up. As far as yeah. what can we take away from this conversation? Then I think what we can take away from it is we are gifted as Christians with a true canon, an unchanging canon, something. <laughs> literally handed to us by the Holy Spirit. Um, and when we see these other things changing, you know, the canons and the extended universes and everything, we can remind ourselves that whatever it is, whatever, it, basically they all come down to myths and legends. And if we can remind ourselves that, you know, this whole bookshelf that we have, you know, this means nothing to us now. Well, you know what? And, in the greater scheme of things, unless you were getting some sort of Christian spiritual fulfillment out of these things, they really don't mean anything. They didn't mean anything to begin with. So you know, we take them, we can you know, dissect them a little bit and, and pull Christian elements and themes out of them perhaps. But in the long run, we should be looking to the actual canon. Yeah, there's definitely – yeah, there's, there's, there's dissection – and there's ins- inspiration. 
that we can get from these things. Um, of course, <laughs> of course, the the biblical canon that is that's where we look to, not just for inspiration, not just for you know stories and, and entertainment, but for fulfillment and and for connection with, yeah. with God. You know, I mean, for life. Yeah. That, that was one of the things that when I literally. You could say I wrote the book on canon because I wrote a graphic <laughs> novel about it. But when I wrote that, one of the elements that the professor from my the college that I graduated from, when he did the fact check, one thing he pointed out that I was so glad he did yeah. was that as we were talking about what the Bible is, he said, you know, this this is not just a book. It's a life-changing book, which I mentioned. But then he said it's a living book. Book. It's God's living word. Yeah, you know it's it's real and alive, and it interacts with you. You know, it's not just a okay. I'm going to read it now, and I'm going to consume it. But it's something that, um, as you are living your life, and then reading portions of scripture that apply to you at that point in time, mm-hmm. and as you are, you know, looking for answers. I mean, it's because of the Holy Spirit. It becomes this living and active thing and not just, you know, words on a page and not just wise sayings and mm-hmm. that. So I was so glad that he, he brought that out and I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. finding a place to make sure this is going in there. So, <laughs> yeah. And, and this other stuff we're talking about, it, it actually, I mean, it can, it can become a diversion that's bigger than you should have in your life sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, it definitely can become a, a, a time suck. It can become a money suck. It can become um, an attention suck, where it's 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 taking away from the truth. It's taking away from your interaction with the truth. It's taking away from your interaction with with people, and and that's the the concern that I have when I see people who are so upset. Yeah, you know that. Oh my, my! You know my Star Trek is gone now because of that new J.J. Abrams Star Trek. You know, <laughs> um, it, and when I see people get that upset, I, I I do become a little concerned. And 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 I remember feeling that way, not specifically that way, but I remember being way too consumed by by especially Star Trek for me. It was Star Trek in in high school being way too consumed with that and, and just having to say, wait a minute, you know, yeah, this is fun and exciting and, and yeah, inspiring sometimes, but I'm spending it all my here. time thinking about it. And, but then again, out of that youthful uh, obsession that some of my, my current writings you know, have, would come from having that inside my brain and inside my, uh, my creative spirit. I don't know what I want to say here, but, um, but it, it's, it's a result of, of the inspiration that, that came from watching star Wars, watching star Trek right. and, and, you know, seeing those elements of storytelling, what works, what doesn't work. And, and what do I like? And what do I not right. like? And, and as Christians, we can, you know, chew up the meat and spit out the bones. You know, hopefully we have that discernment that we can, take what is good out of it and not you know keep this stuff that's that's negative you know the yeah. the dualistic religious concepts that that Star Wars throws at us that you know forces both good and evil 
you know, all that, all that type of thing. We can get rid of that. And then we can say, you know, well, what's the real core here? That there's hope that, you know, families pull together, that, you know, there's something greater than greed, that, you know, the teamwork and, and all these, these good things, these, these little elements that we can pull out of it. That's what we need to get. We don't want to put, you know, and a lot of these people are probably the people that, that chose Jedi when, when they were asked what religion they are on censuses. And <laughs> I don't know about that. I mean, that's, that's probably kind of extreme, but they do. Well, I, I, yes, some people do. I know that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so I, yeah, I don't, it, you know, pa- the passion of fans, you know, there, there's something to that. There's, there's something good there until it becomes too consuming. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't want anyone to come away from this conversation thinking that I, I look down on people who um, prefer one canon over another or who were upset because their Star Wars canon was was taken away from them. And, and I understand some of, of where you're coming from there, not because I've lost a particular part of a canon to another part, but because I've lost, you know, I've lost story where, oh man, where is this going to go? I'm never going to find out <laughs> <laughs> because they canceled it. Yeah. So tune in next time as, oh, oh uh, never mind. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I can just, you, I can just imagine somewhere there's a cliff where there's lots of people hanging off of it. <laughs> can you imagine if uh, the locutus of Borg cliffhanger if if next generation had been canceled yep, that summer. <laughs> that would have been Whoa. So he's always a board forever. What's gonna happen? We get books, of course. We get books that would tell us what happened, and then the movie would come out ten years later and find out that the books were all wrong. <laughs> so all well, right. that'd be interesting if uh, if if listeners can could send in you know, maybe ideas or, you know, things that they've watched that have a cliffhanger ending. And, you know, maybe we can, you know, think about it and, and come up with a, an episode with, uh, you know, maybe we can solve the cliffhangers or, you know, maybe present the listeners' ideas for resolving different cliffhangers that they've they've encountered. The other thing you I would know. ask from listeners is examples of, of canon that – um how do you respond to it? How do you yeah. respond to changing canon? Doctor Who is an example right now yeah, of where they've definitely. they've actually rolled in some things that nobody knew were canon with mm-hmm. the audio dramas about the the uh, oh is it the ninth Doctor? Yeah, I yeah. think it was yeah. So, all right. Well, I think that's our episode. Then, Steve, nice talking to you as oh, always. Good. And mm-hmm. uh, we miss you, Doctor Doctor Jace. Yes, he was he was busy this this week. He couldn't yeah. he couldn't join us. So, well, Steve, I will I will talk with you again soon. And any final yep. words? Uh, I think you have the the final words there. I am going to definitely take the final word. As long <laughs> as it's canon. Well, if if I don't say it, it's not canon. So, <laughs> thanks for listening, everyone. Go to strangersandaliens.com if you would like to connect with us, talk with us. Facebook.com slash strangers and aliens. And uh, again, thank you for listening and Godspeed. Nicely done. Thanks. I really need to work. I I don't have our end credit music. So I'm just going to stop it here. 
Just tag it in. Well, maybe I could. This should be a fun one to maybe revisit when uh, Dr. Jace has a, a time to, to process it. Yeah, so I think he'd have some interesting stuff to to go into. We didn't touch Stargate. You know, we didn't touch a, a lot of... Stargate uh, ended on uh, Cliffhanger. That's one that was canceled. There with, you go. With that can- Cliffhanger. Daniel Butcher also has a really interesting um, take on some canon stuff. Yeah. That, that it'd be good to get him on here if we could. Battlestar Galactica. Yeah. You know, lots of interesting ones. All right. But okay. Talk to you later, There you Steve. have it. All right. God bless you, man.